1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible, we are going to be starting out in the book of Ephesians. And uh, we're still in this series, Four Things We Must Confess. God's Word has creative power. Austin read, you know, a couple of testimonies and commented about how that the best way to pray is when we pray the Word of God. We see this in the book of Psalms. Actually, that's where I discovered this concept of praying the Word of God. A lot of Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are a rehashing of phrases out of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the law. God's Word has creative power, and God framed this world by His words. In the same way that God framed this world by his words you and I have been given the ability just as Adam was given the ability we've been given the ability to frame our world by our words because we have been created in the image of God and a lot of people you know my heart is sad because there's so little word in the churches now and In Hosea, it says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. And a lot of times, good people, good Christian people are suffering needlessly because nobody ever taught them the word. And I think part of it is, the cool thing is to not have the word in sermons, but I think the other part is that how many ministers, how many decades, how many Bible schools, how many seminaries has go, have gone by now where ministers are trained for the ministry and they're not even taught the word themselves. You can't teach something you don't know. And uh, it's a real heartbreak to me because I believe God wants his people to walk in victory. Tell your neighbor, God wants, God wants you, you to walk in victory. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God wants you to walk in victory. Amen. But how are we going to do that if no one ever taught us the word of God? Say it out loud. I frame my world by the words I speak. 
So if you want to live the victorious Christian life, then you must learn to confess four things, who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, what you possess in Christ, and what you can do in Christ. According to God's word, you are everything God says you are. Now that's a difficult concept. According to God's word, you are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are presently experiencing all of God's word in every area of your life. You could be as broke as broke can be, but you are what God says you are. You could be bound by drugs, but you are what God says you are. See, people just have to allow the light of the word of God to to awaken them and then to begin to walk in what Jesus has already done for us. So the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. And we've been dealing now a few weeks on the second thing we must confess, and that is where are we in Christ? And the Lord gave me revelation on this this week, and uh, it's a shocker. We'll see if I get there. Where are we in Christ? We have been crucified with Christ. Say it out loud. I have been crucified with Christ. Where are we in Christ? We died with Christ. Say it out loud. I died with Christ. And I remember soon I went to hear Jimmy Swaggart at the Taft Auditorium in Cincinnati way back in the 70s. And I, here I am all these years later recollecting what he said. He said, you know, you can, because he sang that old ragged cross. And then he, then he made comments about it. He said, you know, thank God for the old ragged cross. But he said, the problem with the old ragged cross is, you know, it can be rugged hanging there, you know, or, or embracing it or hanging on to it. And uh, if only he had continued walking in that revelation we heard that night, maybe he would have had a, uh, an easier and a better life. But he talked about how that we didn't just, we weren't just crucified with Christ, we didn't just die with Christ, we weren't just buried with Christ. Where are we in Christ? We have been raised with Christ. Say it out loud, I have been raised with Christ. Now you see his illustration was, you know, that old rugged cross, that's a great song, but it can get rugged hanging out there. You understand? Because the cross, I mean, my favorite uh, professor at Central Bible College used to say, imagine everybody today wearing a little electric chairs on gold chains hanging around their neck. In other words, we, we, we put crosses on gold and platinum and, and it's a decoration, but we're 2,000 years re- 2,000 years removed from what it meant. It was the cruelest form of capital punishment ever invented by man. I mean, what would it be like if we went around today with little electric chairs hanging from our necks? I mean, in other words, because that's closer to us historically, we understand what that would mean. But thank God for his death. Thank God for his crucifixion. Thank God for his burial. But that that all had to do with defeat. It was a sacrifice for us. See, and if, if, if that's all anybody's ever taught, they have a mindset to live a life of sacrifice. They have a mindset to live a life of penalty for sins. Do you understand? And there is a penalty for sins. We don't have time to go into that. How many of you even though you've been forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ have paid for some sins. I got my hand up. I got my hand up. See, in other words, just because we're forgiven doesn't mean the penalty goes away. And so he bore the penalty. 
Thank God he did. But there's more. Tell your neighbor, there's more. We have been raised with Christ. Say it again. I have been raised with Christ. Where are we in Christ? We are ascended with Christ. Say it out loud. We are ascended with Christ. Ephesians 1.21, Paul tells us that Christ has been seated far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So Christ has been seated. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6, Paul writes, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive, that's past tense, made us alive with or in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved, verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ, past tense, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, past tense, that is with the Father in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And the Lord, the Lord showed me this this week. You know, when you're tempted to do what you know you ought not do, this is so simple, but this has got power. He said, when you're tempted to do what you know you shouldn't do, picture and envision yourself seated at the right hand of Father God, and he's sitting there watching you. It was like, oh my gosh. Because you know, we think we're going to tell somebody off in private or we're going to vent our anger in private or whatever our deal is. But he said, picture yourself seated in Christ at my right hand and you're right there at my right hand and I'm watching you do what you're doing. I mean, that'll make you back up. Amen? I mean, think about it. I learned from the college kids here at Faith Christian Center to put a piece of tape on the camera on my PC because, you know, all these college kids will tell you, man, you know, you, you, you know they can watch you. They can listen to you. But anyway, put, put a little piece of tape on that camera. Forget about that, man. The Ancient of Days doesn't need a camera to know what you got going on in your bedchamber. You think Tucker Carlson's right that the NSA is snooping on him? Tell your neighbor, the Ancient of Days is snooping on you. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the Holy Ghost is watching what you're doing. It'll sober you up to picture yourself, you know, so if I'm at his right hand, there he is on my left, the Ancient of Days, Father God, and he's watching what I'm doing, and he's listening to what I'm saying. It'll sober you up. Thought it never occurred to me. That's what he told me this week to try and help me. And in Colossians 3, 1, Paul wrote, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Say it out loud. I have been raised with Christ. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Say it out loud. I have ascended with Christ. Look at Hebrews 12. And let's get to some new ground. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And that's the way I live my life every day of my life because that's the way I see myself. I see myself every day of my life surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. My father's in the faith. And how could I do less than them? I mentioned at the Father's Day Guys Night Out, I've got a picture of Lester Summerall on my desk upstairs and it's signed, I did not quit. So 
you know, I can't quit, I can't retire, I, I cannot do less than this cloud of witnesses that surrounds me. Finest Jennings Dake, stay true to the word, Lester Summerall, Kenneth Hagan, T.L. Osborne, win the lost, you know, Oral Roberts, heal the sick, uh, John Osteen, Fred Price. I'm, I live my life. So these Old Testament saints, when they died, the phrase in the Old Testament is, they were gathered to their fathers. See? And I don't believe myself that I'll ever die. I believe I'm, I'm taking the fast ride on the rapture of the church, amen? But my point is, when that day comes, I'll be gathered to my fathers. See, this is this cloud of witnesses. So how can we falter? How can we fail? How can we punk out? How can we quit? How can we give up? Are you hearing me this morning, church? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. And this is something maybe that I've done in my life that maybe other people have not done. Let us throw off everything that hinders. And this, I mean, somebody asked me the other day, Pastor, when was the last time you watched TV? I, I, years. And if you pull out the NFL after they went gay, that was off. It's probably been decades. You got to throw off whatever's hindering. Whatever is hindering. And I don't know if you've noticed, but all now all, almost every movie, almost every TV series, almost everything they got out there now has got a sexual perversion agenda. And it's uh, softening you up spiritually for what they have coming down the road. You got you to gotta, you gotta just get rid of whatever hinders. I mean, if, if you have something on your computer that's hindering you, you got to get rid of it. If you got something on your phone that's hindering you, you got to get rid of it. How about this? If you have an app on your phone that's taken up too much of your time, You got to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And then he says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We get so involved in the day to day. We get so involved in what's going on, you know, in this 30 seconds. I mean, I know I look good. But I mean, I'm 65 years old. I had an eyelash in my eye. I woke up in Miami with an eyelash in my eye, and I went into the, the bathroom, and I never do this. I turn on the makeup mirror, you know, which is, con is it convex, and uh, so I could see myself clo closer, get the eyelash out of my eye, and I had never looked at myself that closely in years, and I thought, I, I said, Father, wh when did I get so old? But it, it just seems like a few months ago Austin was born. It just seems to me like a few months ago I got married. 
I mean, we think we have all the time in the world and Satan wants us to be worried about this and Satan wants us to be all worried about that and Satan wants us to be all emotionally involved in something over here. We need to get into Matthew 6 and learn the other, and, and, and come to terms with Matthew 6. Especially verse 25. This is simply a proving ground to see what our standing will be for millions and millions and millions of years to come. That's what this is, and that's all this is. It's a test. Our lifetime, 60, 70, 80 years, is like sitting down for an SAT. That's it. That's what it is. It's a test. And we get distracted. We get worried. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew 6, we've got to learn to master Matthew 6. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us i want to be like the apostle paul in one of his letters he wrote i have i have run my race and i have finished my course i don't want to get part way down the road and quit or get tired let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you might feel a little persecuted in 2021. You might. You might feel a little persecuted on the job. I mean, but I hear these stories. By the time human resources gets done with you, you might feel a little persecuted, but at least they're not, at least they're not marching you into the Colosseum in Rome and turning the lions loose on you. We, man, we got to have some perspective. Somebody call you a mean name on Facebook. That's not quite the same as Nero putting you out in the Colosseum and turning the lions loose on you. There have been brothers and sisters in Christ that went ahead of us and they paid dearly for their faith. And God help this generation of preachers. They won't preach the word of God for fear somebody's going to call them a mean name on Facebook. When others have been burned at the stake for their faith, they've been eaten by lions for their faith. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There it is again. He sat down at the right hand. Look, as Day follows night, one follows the other. He endured the cross, scorning his shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If he had punked out, if he had quit, if he had given up, if he had said, this is too tough, I'm not doing it, he wouldn't be seated at the right hand of the Father this morning. But he's there. And everything he did, he did for you. Tell your neighbor, everything he did, he did for you. Tell the neighbor on the other side, everything he did, he did for you. Consider him, verse 3, consider him who endured, who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I'm committed. I guess you all know that. If I didn't buckle last year, I, I mean, I'm not going to buckle. I'm committed. 
I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to wait for the trumpet blast of Gabriel. I'm going to wait for the three words out of the mouth of Father God, come up hither. I'm going to stand true to the Word of God. I'm going to preach the Word of God. I'm going to stand right there with the Word of God. I'm not going to, I'm not going to equivocate. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to waffle. I'm not going to knuckle under. I am going to stay the course. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, friends, you can choose victory to walk in the victory that God has for you. You, have to, you may have to separate yourself from some people that you have been associated with. To walk in the victory that God has for you, you may have to unfriend some people on social media. To walk in the victory that God has for you, you may have to change where you hang out. To walk in the victory that God has for you, you may have to make changes in your life to be a success and not be a failure. To walk in victory, you have to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And the sin that so easily entangles is not the same for everybody. I don't have a problem with alcohol because I never went down that road. I don't have a problem with porn because I never went down that road. I don't have a problem with drugs because I never went down that road. That's why we're so tight on this with the young people. Because when people go down those roads, they can spend the rest of their lives wrestling with drugs, wrestling with porn, wrestling with alcohol, and it's completely unnecessary. Now, that food thing I haven't got quite mastered, but, you know, <laughs> amen. But the Lord's working on me. I'm still growing. I hope you're still growing. If you're not growing, you're either backsliding or you're, you're dead. Amen. I'm mellowing. I'm so mellow. I had an attorney this week. And I told my family, I said, you know, 10 years ago, man, I'd have fired him. Because during the meltdown, I came up with my own policy. You know, I call, you don't take my call. I email, you don't respond to my email, man, you're done. And, uh, but anyway, they were, it was a technological issue. But his response back to me, because he had written to me about something and he hadn't heard from me. And I thought his response to me was a little snarky. And, uh, but man, I'm mellowing. Hallelujah. Just call me Dr. Chill. <laughs> yeah, so I walked through it. I didn't fire him. I'm so proud of myself. Hallelujah. Anger can entangle people. I'll tell you a big one. And in the Bible, it's called a root of bitterness. And you know what that is? Unforgiveness. That's a sin that can easily entangle. So all of us here this morning, don't all, we don't have the exact same situation that we have to be on the alert for. Because we're different people. We grew up in different homes. We grew up in different circumstances. And because of that, one person wrestles with A, but person over here doesn't wrestle with A, they wrestle with B. Does that make sense? So whatever the sin is that easily entangles or has been a problem or has been a nuisance for you, well, that's the one you have to be on guard about, and that's the one you have to throw off. 
to walk in victory, throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. But you got to throw off what hinders. You have to, and let me tell you what. Do you understand? There has never been a generation in history that has wasted this much time and there has never been a generation in history that has been this dumb. And I'll tell you exactly what it goes to. And if you're here and you have children, then you ought to have ears to hear and eyes to see. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It is a lack of reading. Because we have all these devices now. You know, if, if I could go back in time, if I could buy one of my old Motorola flip phones that I threw in the trash, I, I'd give $10,000 for it right now, and I wouldn't even think about it. But you can't even get such a thing. They don't even sell such a thing. It all tracks you, and it's all cool, right? You take pictures, text pictures, email pictures. I mean, it's all cool, right? It's all cool, right? But think of the hours we spend looking at a screen. We have computer screens, we got iPad screens, we got dumb phone screens, we got all these screens. And that's on top of TV screens. But 200 years ago, today is Independence Day, they fought the Revolutionary War in a smallpox pandemic. They had a kill rate of 30%. And we, we gave up our businesses, we gave up our jobs, we gave up our incomes, we gave up our liberties, we gave up our freedoms over a virus that has a 99.8 survivability rate. We're nothing but a bunch of sissies. I didn't call you a sissy. I'm saying this culture. But you know why nobody knows anything? They don't read. They don't read. You know? And if you haven't figured it out, the media, the government, they're lying. If they're not lying, why do they take down posts from MDs about things that MDs spent 12 years learning in school and MDs have treated people with this drug or they treated people with that drug and they just want to go online and say, well, I've, 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 I've got a friend in Atlanta uh, and, and he, he's in this whole thing, in this whole mess, he never even had one patient go to the hospital. Because from the beginning, he did early treatment. But every time he posts something, one of the media giants takes it down. We're not talking about a recipe to build a nuclear bomb. Something that might be considered dangerous. We're talking about something that might help somebody stay healthy. If you haven't figured it out, there's an agenda out there. And if you haven't figured it out... The agenda people are coming for your children. They're coming for your children. 
So you got to throw off everything that hinders, and you got to throw off the sin that so easily entangles. I mean, they're, they're doing now, they're doing cartoons with all this perverted stuff in them. I mean, man, you got to know what's going on. You can no longer put a kid in front of a TV and let them watch cartoons. And, you know, to me, money doesn't matter. So, you know, when they came out with the old collection of Mickey Mouse, you know, with Elmer Fudd carrying a shotgun, man, I bought the whole set, you know. <laughs> Uh, I saw. I thought, man, you know, I grew up with that, and I didn't harm anybody. I grew up with that, and I never shot anybody. I grew up with that, and I didn't turn into a psychopath. Yeah, so, you know, my grandkids come over, and they can watch Mickey Mouse carrying a shotgun. And Christians, Christians are amazing. A thousand years from today. Hard to imagine a thousand years from today, isn't it? A thousand years from today. The only thing that's going to matter to you wonderful people at Faith Christian Center a thousand years from today is two things. What kind of life did you live here which resulted in the reward you're enjoying a thousand years from today and whether your children and your grandchildren are with you. That's all that's going to matter a thousand years from today. The car you drove up in today won't matter. The clothes you wore today won't matter. The house you go home today won't matter. I mean, think about all the stuff that won't matter a thousand years from today. The only thing that's going to matter is how did you live right here to generate what kind of reward you're going to enjoy for all of eternity and are your children and your grandchildren with you. That's it. And I know there are people here and you made all kinds of mistakes with your children. Well, your grandchildren give you another opportunity and you can be a blessing and get them in a place like St. Paul so they're not polluted by the, this world out here because the world, if you haven't figured it out, the world's not just dark, the world's getting darker, and the world's not getting darker by the year, the, the world's getting darker by the minute. It's amazing what they're doing. Victory will never be yours until you confess who you are in Christ and where you are in Christ. See, say it out loud, I, I'm risen with Christ. Say it out loud. I'm ascended with Christ. I'm there right now in the place of authority, dominion, and power. So you choose victory. Victory is available. Make it yours. Renew your mind to the word of God. Say what God's word says about your life. Say it out loud. I'm a winner. I'm a victor. I have ascended with Christ. Now, next Sunday, we're going to get into the third thing we must confess, and that is what we possess in Christ. <clears throat> the promises of God's Word, though, will never become a reality in your life until you plant them by speaking them into the soil of your heart. God's Word is given to you as a seed for what you need. So force the good soil of your heart to produce with your confession of God's Word and force the circumstances of your life to change with your confession 
of God's Word. The first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. The second thing we must confess is where we are in Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. We die with Christ. We've been raised with Christ. We ascended with Christ. So we must confess who we are in Christ and where we are in Christ if we expect to live the victorious Christian life we were meant to live. Shout it out loud. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm complete in Jesus. I have been made qualified to inherit the kingdom. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm an heir of Abraham. I'm blessed as I hearken and obey. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. If we change the way we see ourselves, we will change the results of our lives. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.